Hi, welcome to this edition of On Tap, presented by FCSI of the Americas. I'm Wade Kaler, Executive Director. On Tap this week, I have our former FCSI Worldwide President and former Chairman of FCSI of the Americas. He's one of the pioneers for independent food service consultants in Latin America and one of my very good friends. He's an amazingly humble man and incredible husband and father. Please welcome the owner of GastroTech, based in Santiago, Chile, Mr. William Taunton. Hi, Bill. Welcome to the show. How are you, Wade? I am doing great, man. How about yourself? Every day getting better. Very, very good. We're going to get to what you've gone through in the last 12 months here in a bit, but I, I want to start off every show with a little bit of background of, of, of how you got into the hospitality industry and then ventured into becoming a food service consultant. So can you give us a brief uh, history background of Mr. Taunton and how you got into this industry? Wow. I, I know I look young, but I've been, <laughs> I, I've, been, I've been here for too many years, I guess. <laughs> I, I started uh, 35 years ago. I, uh, yeah, it, it's to, yeah, 35 years ago. And uh, I started working with my dad. He was a food service equipment distributor in Chile and Mexico. And I started uh, in this business was created by my dad and my, my grandfather. So it was like natural to, to walk into my dad's business. I, I got 20 at that time. And uh, we were living in Mexico. Uh, I left college and uh, I decided to move back to Chile. Uh, we lived from, from Chile uh, to Mexico back in 74, uh, not for political reasons, but because of economical reasons. Yeah. Chile was uh, the, the, one of the poorest countries in, in Latin America uh, at that time. So my dad got a, a job opportunity in Mexico. We move over there. He grow again his, his business in the food service equipment distribution and, and manufacturing. And, and then in, in 86, I decided to, to come back to Chile and start doing my, my, my own stuff. Okay. Started from a, like a candle that was burning uh, burning off and I grow it from over there and I uh, opened our company in Chile, Argentina and Brazil and, and started to work from over there. Then the, the Asian crisis came in 1998 and I lost it everything. A couple of years before it was the tequila effect, economic effect in Mexico and my dad lost it all in Mexico. So we basically shrink back to almost nothing. And, uh, and uh, I decided that I was young enough to start by my own, but I need my family to, you know, to, to, to have a job and, and, and keep on working. So my dad took over the company here in Chile. We closed the Mexico operation, the Argentina and Brazil operations. Mm -hmm. And uh, I went out to the world and trying to find out what I wanted to do. One thing I, I was very clear is that I wanted to be in the food service business because I really like it. Yeah. And one of the, the persons that, that helped me out to take that decision is an old FCSI president. And uh, it was a good member, a uh, long time member, uh, Mike Colburn. Oh yeah. Remember Mike? Absolutely. And Mike, Mike told me one day, because I was working with the Blodgett company at that time, and he was working with Blodgett. Say, Bill, you're a very good teacher, so you should be a consultant. And say, what is a consultant? Ne 
I, I was the first one in, in Latin America, to be honest. So it was nobody over here when I started. So I signed up. I went to the webpage. It wasn't too many webpages at that time, but it was a, a FCSI webpage in uh, 1998, I think it was, 1999. And uh, I decided to, to join and I was in the first, in, in Washington, D.C., I gave my, my test. It was the first ever test to become a professional member in F- FCSI. And that's how I started, Wait, <laughs> Very, very good. Well, as you said, you've been in, in ups and downs, especially being in Latin America. We know the, the economic industries or economic areas kind of hit or miss, depending on the year, it seems, uh, as many years as I've known you. With GastroTech, what are some of the main uh, areas that you focus in on as far as segments or specialties of the industry? Well, we don't have the, the, the luck the, the lock in, in this part of the world that, that we can select, you know, uh, yeah. a, a business area where you want to be. Uh, but, but to be honest, uh, I like uh, hotels. I like lots of uh, hospitals and mining camps. Yeah, that has been mostly what I do, and and and, and lots also of uh, commercial or institutional food service, because in my first years as a consultant, I become the the internal consultant for a company that later on was bought by Armark. So they they bought the the operations of Central Restaurantes, uh, and uh, and I was the guy doing all their uh, technical. Uh, definitions in in our mark Latin America, Chile, Peru, and Argentina. We know members that have uh, designed kitchens and, and been involved with kitchens that have been installed in in multi level, multi story buildings. But you're the only consultant I know that goes underground significantly underground. What is probably so people that aren't familiar with mining industry, which is very big down in Latin America, obviously tell somebody a little bit about how deep your kitchens are, how far underground those kitchens really are that you're designing and having to figure out how to do operations for. Well, I would say in Latin America, uh, about 80% of of the mines are open pits, but about 20% of them, they are, uh, they, they, they go deep in the, in the ground. The deepest I've, I've developed something is something like uh, thousand feet okay. below, and basically this is like a net of, of tunnels that connect under under the, the ground, and you gotta set up sometimes uh, dining rooms, not full kitchens, but the dining rooms mm-hmm. underneath. But you have a little uh, dish dishwasher area and a servery. Yeah. Basically, that's what you do on the ground. On the top, you do the, the, the kitchen and then you, you got to take that food and put it down, whatever it takes. But uh, we, I've been, myself, I've been up to 700 meters, which is 2,100 yeah. feet below, uh, just visiting. But you never had something that deep in terms of a uh, food service installation. Well, what people don't realize a lot of times, too, from what you've told me, is those cafeterias or those dining rooms, you have to, those are actually, uh, uh, I don't know what you would call them officially, but they're the area that, in the case of an emergency, is where they're supposed to get to as well, right? Almost like a safe room, if you will. It, it's like a shack. 
Yeah. They use them as a shack, a security, a security shack. Okay. Where you have a box. If you remember, like, what was, like, eight, nine years ago, it was 33 miners that, that were, were stuck Correct. down there in, in a mine camp, yeah. uh, in a mine site. And well, that mine site, wait, it wasn't the best installation in terms of security and nothing. It was what it's called small mining Okay, but it was a very, very old installation, and these people survived because one of those shacks was down there. Okay, so there you go. And then they dig, they dig 700 meters, find them right in the spot, and bring them up in a capsule. Yeah, that's amazing. It, it was pretty amazing, yes. The stories you've told me about the, of working in those uh, always have amazed me, and so I appreciate that. I, it, it was sometimes it's more uh, it, amazing when you go. Not down there because you can't see anything down there. <laughs> but when you go up in the mine sites that are five thousand meters, which is like fifteen thousand or sixteen thousand feet above sea level, and, yeah. and that's pretty pretty hard too. Yeah, you can't breathe. You feel terrible. <laughs> <et> <laughs> so you were heavily involved with FCSI for over the past ten years. Both you and I traveled quite a bit together and served on many boards. What do you miss about being on the board? Being updated <laughs> <laughs> on what's going on, basically. Yeah. And is there anything you don't miss, though? I haven't been in a plane, Wade, right now <laughs> for about since November 19. So I've been almost a, a year and a half without getting in a plane. And let me tell you something. Nothing happens. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's And for you, I know how amazing that is. And, and, and I do want to lead into that because uh, for our viewers and our members of FCSI and everybody else out there, COVID hit really close to home for you with that being you getting COVID and getting very sick and almost dying twice from this thing. You, my friend, are an anomaly in the fact that you've been able to walk away from something that was very, very serious. It, Without going into a ton of details and everything, can you just give us a brief uh, history or a brief story about what you've personally went through in the last 12 months? Well, it, at home, it, my, my wife has always had heart problems and, and everybody knows that. And uh, so we were all at home, you know, taking a lot of care for her. Mm -hmm. it, my, my oldest daughter, Maria Jose, she's a doctor and she was working in a COVID pavilion in, in one of the public hospitals here in, in Santiago as a doctor in charge of one of these, uh, these, uh, and, uh, but we were taking a lot of care at home. And, uh, one day I was feeling like, like, uh, like a cold, you know, mm -hmm. I got some fever and, and I was shaking and, uh, and my, my head, uh, hurt a lot. So I decided to go to the, to the hospital emergency room to just to to check that I don't have anything because right. it was very cold. This was last winter right. over here. We're in the middle of winter over here right now. Right. And uh, so I thought I, I catch a cold because we were not going out. I mean, the only one that can go out at home at that time, we, we were in a complete lockdown over here. Mm -hmm. It was my daughter and, and we weren't even getting close to her. Well, I went to the emergency room. They put the, they did the PCR, and like uh, they say, you gotta wait for a, about two hours. So I was over there sitting, waiting, 
and I start feeling, you know, pretty pretty bad. You know, can't breathe. They they connect me to the machine to to see my oxygen levels, and I wasn't really saturating much. I was saturating like seventy percent, uh, with with uh, below ninety. 92%, something like that, I think yeah. <laughs> you, you are in trouble. So they decide to take a chest, uh, uh, chest uh, x-ray, x-ray. That's yeah. the, the word I was looking for. And they say, well, sir, you're not going anywhere. You're going up to the, to a, a room because you have COVID and uh, it's not looking good. Your lungs are not looking very very good i was never ever before was sick i've always had back pains and 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 i I got a surgery if you remember yeah a back surgery but but in general my health was always very very good well uh two days after uh i was uh i was put in the hospital i started uh, losing my mind i mean i I, because of uh, the the medicine they were giving me i was really losing it can't remember much details. The only thing I remember is that I got uh, 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 arterial clog. I don't know how you say that. Uh, it, uh, it's called one of my art- arterias was clogged. Okay. And yeah. They, uh, thrombosis. Oh, oh, thrombosis. Yeah. So I almost lose my my left arm because of this thrombosis. That's uh, the last thing I remember. That was because of COVID. And, uh, and then they intubated me, uh, as far as I understand, and I was intubated like five weeks. Mm-hmm. Uh, among those five weeks, I, I don't know. I just <laughs> lost it, you know, yeah, because exactly. you, you are totally uh, out of, yeah. uh, of your mind. And uh, I was told by my daughter and, and, and my doctor that... Uh, uh, my lungs were in between 95 and 98 percent destroyed by the by the pneumonia, yeah. And uh, and then uh, the the fibrosis that's what the way oh, yeah, yeah. lung fibrosis. So, three times during that period, uh, they were saying, Okay, we gotta unhook this guy because it's, it's nothing good. This is non recovery, right? Right. <laughs> And, uh, well, I, for whatever reason, the day before my, my, my 56th birthday on September 2nd, they woke me up, they untubed me and, uh, they put me out of a ventilator. They woke me up. My crisis started over there because when you're sleeping, you know, nothing. Yeah. So it's a family, the ones that are really suffering about what's yeah, of course. What was really going on? Because you don't know nothing. I never saw the light, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I, the only thing I, I, I saw was uh, I can say the, the the hell because everything was black. That's the only remembers I have. Everything was black or dark brown or dark uh, like a dark purple and uh, some noises and and that's it. And and then. Well, when I woke up, uh, I I lost it, about thirty six pounds. Yeah, uh, and I didn't know know how to almost to talk. I can hardly see. 
for sure, I, I wasn't able to, to, to read or write anything. I didn't know where I was, what happened to me, how long have passed, how long time right. passed. So after that, it took me like 90 days to get back in my feet yeah. and start, you know, re reliving and reconnecting with everything. Very good. It was pretty hard. I'm glad to see you're doing well now. You look fantastic. I, I saw the pictures right after you got out of the hospital and, and the weight loss was pretty dramatic. And uh, it's really good to see you today um, because you look amazing. You look great. I've gained all the, my weight back. I, I, I mean, this, this damn thing will never going to leave me because right. it left some stuff you know, in, in my body that, that, that I will have to live with them for the rest of my life. Last week, I started with a knee with a knee okay. problem and believe it or not, it's because of all the weight I lost when I regain it, it didn't regain it the same way it was. So oh, yeah. I, I'm, I'm having a problem with, with my right knee right now. I hope, uh, hopefully that's a minimal thing that you have to worry about. A knee pain is uh, what you've been through. A knee pain is pretty, uh, pretty miraculous. That, that's all you've got so far. Amazing. Yeah, absolutely. Being at home again, it's amazing. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Well, I don't want to keep dwelling on that. It, it, your story is amazing. If they want to know more about it, I'm sure everybody's going to be asking you about this the next time they see you. Uh, but I certainly couldn't go through this episode without at least finding out a little bit more and letting everybody hear your story. Um, what's one thing about Bill Taunton that most people would never guess when they meet you? That I'm very sensitive and I cry all the time. <laughs> <laughs> When we talk about, when we are in meetings and w when we talk about things, people don't understand that I'm, I'm basically a family boy. Yeah. Um, that's the way I am. I mean, it's, everything is, for me, it's at home. Uh, I've worked in my, in my marriage. Uh, I've been married for uh, almost 28 years. In, in a couple of months, it's going to be 28 years. I got five kids and uh, very proud of that. Very, very proud of that. That's that's the center of my life. Absolutely. Yeah, I, and I can attest to that. I've seen both the sensitive side and the family, so I can definitely <laughs> vouch for both of those. What's one piece of advice you'd give to anyone uh, that's thinking about becoming a food service consultant? Find a good teacher. <laughs> oh. I've got many. I've got many over, over, over my life, and uh, I would say I continue to to learn things from, from the people that I work with. Uh, one of the things I've always tried to do is I learned very early in, in the consulting, in, in the times when I, when I started, is that, that you need people to show you what they know. Yeah. So I'm always uh, open to show younger people uh, what I know, but I all the time uh, trying to work with people that can teach me something something that I don't know. And the most important thing in a consulting business from my perspective is experience. You got, Absolutely. you got to commit mistakes. If you don't commit mistakes, that's why they pay you because you exactly. have committed the mistakes before. Right. People exactly. don't pay you a bunch of money because you, you think you will resolve something. People yeah. hire you and pay you a lot of money to do, uh, not to commit the mistakes you have done it before. Right. That's right. That's the way I see it. And I, I know you haven't traveled for a while, but you are, you are certainly a global traveler in experience at, uh, that I know of. What are 
when you get ready to travel to a client's uh, operations or maybe to an, a meeting with a client, what are the three must-haves that you make sure you pack before you leave? <laughs> your computer, <laughs> your phone, <laughs> your computer, your phone, because when you're out, I mean, and, and a, a good, uh, a good uh, contact list of people because you're always going to need that being somewhere. Sometimes you get a plane drop you in some place that you don't know. Always you got to have a very good contact list of people because being world travelers, uh, you happen to know people from all over the world. And sometimes I remember another old time member of FCSI, Chris Bigelow. The first time I, I went to a board meeting, Chris was over there. I said, Bill, I'm, Sometime I'm gonna go there to your home and have a beer and say, sure. Nobody came to Chile at that time. And uh, one day I was in my office here in Santiago and I received a phone call say, Bill, yes, this is Chris Bigelow. I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> so we had dinner that night. There's many consultants from the US that have came over here and we have joined for dinner. I mean, Steve from, from, uh, from, uh, uh, oh, Steve, this is one of the COVID problems. Sometimes my memory is it's not coming back. We won't blame that on age at all. We'll blame COVID. I like no, that. No, it's COVID. <laughs> Everything is COVID. Wait. Exactly. <laughs> I got something to, to blame for it. There you go. <laughs> Very good. That's all the formal questions I've got for you today. But before I let you go, I, I've got some fun ones. So we'll end a little bit on a lighter note with you today. Um, this speed round, we'll just get into it. And uh, there's some off the wall questions here. I think you'll enjoy. What's your favorite breakfast cereal? Granola. Granola. And is that the same do you, the, as when you were a kid? No, never had any cereals when I was a kid. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Would you rather go to a fancy restaurant or a local dive? Local dive. What's one vice that you cannot let go of or can't part with? Scotch. Scotch. Oh, that's a good one. <laughs> I, sh I should have known that one, by the way. It's always over here. <laughs> Puppies or kittens? Puppies. What do you do when you're stuck in traffic to pass the time? When I was younger, scream and be nasty. <laughs> Today I basically turn turn the, the volume of the of the radio higher. Okay. Close the windows and put it very, very high. Nice. <laughs> live on a moon base or live on the Mars base? Live on Earth. Okay. Would you consider yourself more spontaneous or more of a planner? Spontaneous. Uh are you a morning person or a night owl? Morning person. Uh soft tacos or crunchy tacos? Mm, depending on how much beer. <laughs> <laughs> Coke or Pepsi? Coke, but right. but I don't I don't like cola cola right. drinks. But that's all right. I still for, I still forgive you. <laughs> I prefer a Seven Up. <laughs> cookies or brownies? Cookies. Well, uh, any particular type of cookie? Uh, chocolate chip. Okay. You know that, those big soft ones you put in the in the meetings. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Are you a, are you more of a day planner kind of guy or do you use a digital calendar nowadays? A digital calendar. Okay. I, I, I've been able to learn how to, to manage them well, but Very always good. I have, as you can see over there in my wall, a printed calendar. That's basically for, for putting my trips 
Right. They're blank right now. <laughs> but <laughs> every month I got, normally I got three. The month before, the actual, yeah. and the, the, the coming up. Nice. And the last one for this is, if humans came with a warning label, what would the warning label you wear say? Too sensitive. All right. Very good. Well, hey, before we let you go, tell people, uh, tell the audience exactly how they can find out more about you. We have a webpage, uh, www.gastrotech.cl, or always in my in my cell phone. I've been the same cell phone since they ever exist, 569-9874-3746, and I'm always available. Doesn't matter the, 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 the time zone where you are. It's always on. Well, that wraps up this edition of On Tap, presented by FCSI, the Americas. A huge thank you to Bill Taunton today for joining us. We, we can't do this show without members like you. If you enjoyed today's episode, please make sure to subscribe to the show wherever you find your favorite podcasts, and to make sure to turn on those notifications so you don't miss out on any future episodes. But until then, cheers. <laughs>